Clovercrest Media proudly presents Divided We Stand. Divided We Proudly Stand. We're going to have a little fun tonight. We're going to talk about some terrible things. I could have said, Mitt, drop to your knees. You would have dropped to his knees. You're fired. Starring Joe Aguirre, Brian Forster, and Eric Farron. Very fine people on both sides. I didn't come along and divide this country. I think it's a disgrace. I stand here ready to work with you. Let me talk. Quiet. And we will make America great again. Divided. We stand not as two parties, but as one nation. Our long wait is finally over, and the reactions have been pouring in steadily. With a 58% approval rate, it's a fable fueled by a sense of culpability for things that aren't always explained. Hmm. The scares are easy, but cleanly done. Oh. Or my personal favorite, a shallow, deep exercise in terror with genuine chills subsided by eye-rolling moments of silliness. That's, that sounds accurate. But enough about the Pet Cemetery remake. <laughs> the phony no-collusion Russian witch hunt refuses to die quietly. Sometimes, dad is better. Now, there weren't any real surprises in Attorney General William Barr's release of the redacted Mueller report and his subsequent press conference. Barr, with an eye bending towards justice, thoroughly explained his process. The very prosecutorial function and all our powers as prosecutors, including the power to convene grand juries and the compulsory process that's involved there, is for one purpose and one purpose only. It's determined yes or no. Was alleged conduct criminal or not criminal? That is, that is our responsibility, and that's why we have the tools we have. And we don't go through this process just to collect information and throw it out to the public. We collect this information. We use that compulsory process for the purpose of making that decision. And because uh, the special counsel did not make that decision, we felt the department had to, and that was a decision by uh, me and the deputy attorney general. It's just more of the same. William Barr's boss is Donald John Trump. The White House had plenty of time to review the Mueller report findings prior to its public release. We know history gets written by the winners, and like it or not, I think it's time that we just got to you know, take that L and move on. I have some trouble understanding the outrage over there not being any real meat to the report. Shouldn't it be a good thing that our president wasn't outwardly conspiring with Russia? Yeah, you would think. Yes, right? that should be. Yeah, I, and I have questions about Russian contact, but that smoking gun might as well be buried at the bottom of a water hazard in Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> Fitting, of course, because Trump runs his administration like a mob boss. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Never go against the family. <laughs> I like to hear him say, Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. I'm going to make him an offer I can't refuse. Well, that's pretty good. Look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> Made our first child be a masculine child. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot there. Trump's going to continue to yell, no collusion, no obstruction. And you know what? He's right. It sucks. And it's crazy. <laughs> like, this is where we are. I can't believe it. And... No collusion, obviously, due to the investigation focusing on conspiracy with Russia. We know America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, he so eloquently stated, I don't think collusion is a crime. 
That's I need to work on my Giuliani. <laughs> and he was right too. He was, and no obstruction because Bob Mueller claimed he didn't have precedence to indict a sitting president. This president just happens to be the judge, jury, defendant, and prosecutor of his own transgressions. Judge Trump, I am the law. <laughs> <laughs> it's checks and balances. It's America style. It's just like the founding fathers always wanted. Clearly. Grab your guns and Bibles, America. Maybe warm up some apple pie, Ooh. throw a baseball around the backyard. Not too bad. Talk about purple mountains from sea to shining sea. William Barr says he has no issue with Bob Mueller testifying before Congress. That's nice to hear. Probably because <laughs> he knows that the longer the circus continues, the better it is for his boss. Oh. The person I feel bad for is Lil Adam Schiff, who many Trump supporters are calling on now to show his evidence of collusion before he commits to his role as Buddy Python's Black Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Just a flesh wound. There's about as good of a chance of Adam Schiff or Jerry Nadler producing evidence of collusion as there is of Donald Trump producing the evidence of his special investigators uncovered in Honolulu regarding Obama's <laughs> long form birth certificate. Oh, that still makes me angry. <laughs> America, we get the elected officials we deserve. Now, sadly, we got to start off today's show uh, with some pretty terrible news. Several Americans are among at least 207 people dead, 450 injured in simultaneous terror attacks that appear to be coordinated at several high-end hotels and churches in Sri Lanka on Easter Sunday. That was confirmed by Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Six different explosions reported at hotels. Hours later, uh, there were a couple more. Seven suspects have been arrested. You know... You hate to see these attacks on houses of worship. It's such a cowardly act. Obviously, this is terror-related, and to to go for people at their most vulnerable like that is it, it, it just speaks to what being a terrorist is. Well, and obviously more information. We're waiting for more information. More information is going to be coming out, but this was a coordinated attack, and you look at in the capital of Sri Lanka, Colombo, you look at surrounding areas. I mean, there's this was a coordinated attack, and it's 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 awful. It's just awful. Uh, we have not heard from President Trump about it just yet. Uh, Mike Pompeo has has publicly condemned it. I'll assume our president will probably at some point here on Easter Sunday come out and do the same. Say thing. there's good people on both sides. Yipes! You know, too soon. Right? We, could, we could edit that out, right? <laughs> just saying. You All never right. know. You never know. That's where we're at. <laughs> Yellow vest protesters in Paris continue to clash with police. Uh, this is the 23rd straight weekend that they've been protesting. But now what they're actually fired up about is that billions of dollars have been pledged to rebuild fire damaged Notre Dame Cathedral. And these these people are like, hey, what about us? Where's the money for the poor people? Unemployment in France is uh, re reaching record levels, especially for young people and especially for young people of color. It's obviously an indictment on socialism. But so we're at <laughs> we're at about a billion, I think about a billion dollars with a B yeah. for for funding for Notre Dame. And obviously what happened at Notre Dame was 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 horrible. I, you know, the world 
was was outraged. You know, it was it was sad. It was sad what happened. I've been to Notre Dame. It's incredible. It's an incredible site. It's a spectacular place. But all these other churches saying, "Hey, what about our money? Why, you know, why can't we get some of that?" Well, with a lot of other things going on in the world too, where it would you would think that people would maybe donate a little more. I've I've heard numbers of what the church was worth to begin with, so I would think that they have the capability to rebuild it. So it caught on fire due to construction. There was it was no foul play. It was Thank just goodness. just a uh, un, just unlucky basically. Just an incompetent crew doing work. Call it an act of God. Well, it's funny, you know, <laughs> there were some people who suggested because I don't know if you've noticed but the gold cross and the golden altar didn't burn. Okay. And people were like, "Look at that and tell me there is no God." To which smart people pointed out uh, the melting point of gold is 1,064 degrees Celsius. Wood fire burns at 600. Celsius? I don't understand. It's the metric system. It happened in oh, France, you ding metric system. Come on. That was a bit on the nose. My fault. <laughs> yeah. You walked right into that one. You had to know that. But, you know, I can understand there being, obviously, churches that get burned because of hate. And that's... It's a separate issue, and I'm not saying don't rebuild those churches. There's a lot of history, and there's a lot of buildings that have been destroyed by people. And it doesn't make it right, but obviously you have something that's a, a international landmark. People are going to be more open to shelling out the money to restore it. It's just You just have more publicity. You have more eyes on it. Well, you know, I, I know some conservative personalities sort of caught some heat, maybe unjustifiably so, talking about it being a, a, a monument to Western civilization and culture and, and design. And some people took that as, you know, sort of a shot. And, and let's let's be honest. Typically, whenever there's there's a, a terrorist attack, it sort of seems like and I'm not saying it is, but it sort of seems like the right wing media is hoping that it's some sort of Arab or Muslim. Sure. But I think you could say that in the other direction. Like, I think when you get the mass shooting, I think maybe sometimes the left is kind of like, could he just be white with like an Irish last name or something? The cool part is it usually is. Yeah, yeah. Something like that, you know? So It usually is. So that does generally check out. But, you know, you, you said this earlier uh, in the opening bit, and you're right. I mean, we should all be rooting for... No terrorism and yeah. no collusion. We want that to be the case. We shouldn't be disappointed that there wasn't any. My point with if you're upset that people are spending their money and giving their money to help rebuild Notre Dame, it feels like selective outrage to me. It just does. It oh, just does. I totally agree with that. I get it a little bit because these same people that complain that they that they don't want to pay more in taxes or that they think they're already paying their fair share, you know, when there's a chance to kind of get your name on something like Notre Dame being rebuilt. That's 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 a you're going to want to get your name in gold on there during the rebuild. And the idea that there are people starving and that they're, you know, in France, there's a really high tax rate on the rich. And so a lot of the rich people put their money in Swiss accounts or even worse, the bad ones put it in Panamanian accounts. As we all know, I could understand a little bit where the people are like, you're complaining that you're going to have to leave the country if you have to pay more money, but here's billions of dollars for a church that, let's be honest, none of you go to. Well, one of the arguments, too, you're seeing on the left is, well, Trump hasn't come out and 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 talked about some of these churches, these southern churches who've gotten burned, where he's quick to say, oh, Notre Dame's a tragedy. If you're looking for racist things from Donald Trump, 
There's plenty out there. I think this is a stretch, though. I, I agree do. with that. I do. I yeah. agree with you there. I, I certainly do. I I think in this hyper woke era, it's easy to link everything together and to right. find racist ties in everything. And it's it's almost it's almost lazy at this point to do that. Well, it's the more they do it, the the less it means anything. So, like Brian's saying, if you're gonna look for it, probably have other examples you can use. This might not be the right one, and you're just gonna water down everything else. Well, speaking of President Trump, he, of course, renewed his attacks on the press, as he does every weekend. That's right. <laughs> uh, this time accusing the media of, quote, doing everything possible to stir up anger following the release of special counsel Bob Mueller's report. He said the fake news media is doing everything possible to stir up and anger the polls and as many people as possible, seldom mentioning the fact that the Mueller report had as its principal conclusion the fact that there was no collusion with Russia. The Russian hoax is dead. Um, you know, listen, it, 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 it doesn't say that. And, and there are Republicans who have come out, uh, this thing, while it says that the, the Trump administration was almost too incompetent to actually pull this off, it's clear the Russians interfered. It, it, that's indisputable now. Right. It's right. indisputable Absolutely. that the Trump campaign wanted to conspire with the Russians there's just no evidence that they were successful. And again, it, it might be as much they just Donald Trump doesn't pay contractors. So you could blackmail Donald Trump. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Like you said, we know Russia tried to interfere with the election. We just can't put Donald Not Trump. tried. They did. They, they did. did. They did. But we can't put Donald Trump in that same room. He might be on a block number, a room away, but we can't put him in that room. Therefore, there is no collusion. Therefore, he wasn't cleared on obstruction, despite what he says. They didn't bring a charge of obstruction, and that's different than being cleared on obstruction. He wasn't really cleared on anything, as far as I could tell, except for the fact that he's not in the room. I've always thought they had to have him in the room. There was never going to be any dispute about it. If he wasn't in the room, they couldn't connect a phone call or it was, something. Without the P tape, there was never going to be anything. <laughs> Let's be honest. Well, they're saying you didn't have the P tape. It's that, over. That may not be real, but Michael Cohen believed that it could be real. Well, interestingly enough, if you read the Mueller report, and you all should, it's it's worth the read. There's a footnote that I assume should have been redacted. Spoiler alert, it doesn't end well. <laughs> it, it actually talks about where Michael Cohen talked to his Russian contacts, and they assured him that most of the tapes have been destroyed, but not all of them. And that was not redacted. It was not redacted, but there was also no other explanation behind, what tapes? The P what? tapes. Is that, is that it? Was there a bunch of copies of the P tape? I don't know. K we, is it we KHL hockey games? Maybe <laughs> it could be. We'll never know. That I guess been. we'll never know. That would have been something though, because there was a point where people would try to compare this to the Ken Starr investigation. That would have been the perfect juxtaposition of it. Like they went and looking for real estate with Ken Starr, and they found evidence of sexual misconduct. They lo went looking for Russia, and then they found the P tapes. That would have been something. That would have been great. Well, that's obviously because this was an unprecedented, all-encompassing investigation. So, you know, <laughs> following the data, that's that's ridiculous. Now, some Republicans have publicly come out against the president, including Susan Collins, who called the Mueller report an unflattering portrait of the president. Only in about 30 seconds longer than how you did it. 
Yeah. Oh, she's she's. I can't stand listening to her. Portrayal of the president. She's up for re-election in 2020. Well, she is, and that's why she's obviously coming out and right. saying almost harsh stuff about the president. Right. Uh, I was Mitt Romney. But now Mitt Romney has been a thorn in this president's side for some time. And Mitt Romney did his best impersonation of Ben Sass imitating Jeff Flake imitating Susan Collins <laughs> when he said President Trump and his campaign, uh, the report left him sickened and appalled. Thoughts and prayers. Now, no, he won't vote for impeachment, but right. you should know he's very angry. Right. Appalled even. Right, right. Yeah. Loss of values. Always. He's a brave man. For coming forward and speaking his mind. <laughs> a guy who was just elected months ago. Right, to a six-year term. Yes. Right. And has nothing to worry about. What about Lindsey Graham? <laughs> <laughs> Lindsey Graham's not sure what to think right now. Ask him in 2021. But it's clear that there's been no, no obstruction, no collusion. You came to the wrong town. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, look... Uh, I hate to say this, but until the Southern District of New York literally brings some kind of some kind of something against the president, it seems all is lost. I mentioned last show that Nancy Pelosi was basically like, we're not going to Trump. We're not going to impeach Trump. He's not worth it. Well, because you can't. No, you don't have the votes. He's not worth it. It's not going to happen. I mean, what? Like, that's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. And, and, And again, I generally have never liked Nancy Pelosi. I thought she was pretty baller earlier in the year with the way she played things with the president on the shutdown. I started to respect her, and I thought, maybe she is the right person. Then I saw that, and I thought, oh. There she is. Yeah, right there. Okay. <laughs> she takes off her mask, and it's just Nancy right. Pelosi underneath. Good one. Hey, you <laughs> know what? Nancy the whole Pelosi. time. We'll show Donald Trump we won't impeach him. <laughs> what? How does that work? I don't even understand that. Liz Warren, by the way, uh, senator and presidential hopeful in 2020. Part Native American. Very hopeful. (laughs) Yes, and very, very, very part Native American. Just like myself. (laughs) Or you. Uh, All of us. She is calling for an impeachment. uh, And I've seen a lot of Republican senators say it's a mistake. And some of those same Republicans were the same clowns who were involved in the Clinton impeachment which was great in the House. That impeachment was was really had a lot of weight in the House, and then it got to the Senate, and they were like, yeah. Susan Collins was one of, I think, five Republicans to vote against impeachment of Clinton. Yeah. She's but very brave, you know. But that's why I say, like, the Mueller report didn't go how people expected it to go, and it's not a bad thing. Like, Eric, like you said, it's not a bad thing that the president – wasn't outwardly doing business with Russia on paper that we can be like, yeah, look, here they are together, Professor Plum in the uh, in the uh, look, stairwell. I will say this, that I, I think the president of the United States owes the American people one thing, and that's he needs to explain why he lied about he was still conducting or attempting to have a Trump Tower over built. Over 9,500 times in his presidency? Sure, yeah. but but between January of 16 and June of 16, he repeatedly said that he was not doing business in Russia while he was actively pursuing business in Russia. It's because he says whatever, no, I, whatever I is going to be the I path just, of least resistance. The president's going to have to talk about that because that is a real thing that happened. and He's going to have to explain his reasoning. If it was 
there was nothing unsavory going on, so I kept it on the download, didn't think it was going to happen. There's got to be an excuse for that. There has to be some... Uh, otherwise, I'm going to have a really hard time moving forward. See, I disagree 100%, because if the president had to talk about it, he would have with the Mueller report. The Mueller report came out. It's proof that he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. He doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to. He's the president. And you have William Barr saying, well, it's up to my jurisdiction. It's up to my discretion whether this gets released at all. I'm kind of doing you a favor by even releasing any of it. I have a real problem with the boss being the guy who decides whether it's going out or not, because let's be honest. At the end of the day, William Barr isn't doing anything without the chief executive right. saying it's right. okay to yeah. do. That's where you get no collusion, no obstruction. Well, that's where you get, we'd like to get an explanation, but you're talking about rationale and reason from a guy who doesn't use that ever to make any decisions. There is a chance when this president leaves office that he may face obstruction of justice charges. Well, if he just never leaves office, then he's good. Yeah, he's going to have to become a dictator, which he was just joking about again the other day. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Yay, democracy. Feel the room. Uh, speaking of not feeling the room, Michelle Obama, I mean, honestly, Elon Omar, hold my beer. Watch this. Michelle Obama made some comments that uh, appeared to criticize President Trump by likening him to a divorced father. We come from a broken family. We're a teenager. We're, you know, we're a little unsettled and, you know, uh, you know, having good parents, you know, is tough. You know, sometimes you spend weekends with divorced dad and that feels like it's fun, but then you get sick. That's what America's going through. We're kind of living with divorced dad. Right? It's not often you find yourself agreeing with Sean Hannity, but he was all over this and... He's I only agree right. with him when he says, Lord Ingram's up next. <laughs> it, it's, you, you know, I, I say this all the time. It, it seems like when, as soon as the Democrats get a little momentum, one of them steps up and says something absolutely idiotic. I mean, just begging to take the narrative off the worst president of all time and a guy who's extremely corrupt. And every time the Democrats do something stupid, it just takes the focus off. Uh, Obama's words drew criticism from many, many pundits, including CNN's Dana Bash. She's their chief political correspondent. Uh, she called the comments remarkably unwoke. Ooh, yes, shots. a white liberal lady. He called the former first black lady out for not being woke. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> they can't get out of their own way. That's no, pretty incredible. Yes. Come on, people! I feel like they do this all the time. This is this is the M.O. of... Well, the M.O. of Michelle Obama. No kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is what they do. Pretty much just writes itself. They want you to believe that they're... they're that, wor that word, woke, and they see everything and they understand everybody. And then she says something like this, and she totally generalizes an entire group of people. Not woke. They do this kind of stupid stuff all the time. And they, and they don't get it, and they try to, like, talk their way out of it. I was a divorced dad. I had full custody of my kids. My ex-wife paid me child support. And I would go to court in New Haven, and I would get treated like garbage by the bailiffs because they just made the assumption that I was just another deadbeat dad. And I would have to correct him and tell him, no, I'm a plaintiff. Right, and, and you're not colluding with Russia. And I'm not colluding with right. Russia. You know, it, and, and it's we we definitely have 
there look, you know, we're at a point in this country where where, you know, there's a certain amount of racism that's allowed. It's mostly against Irish and Italian people. It's just what the nineteen thirties? <laughs> it's Irish time. If you did that <laughs> to any other Irish. culture, no, well, I understand what you're saying, Brian. Well, I'm just saying if you did that and you were doing right, laddie. you were doing any other accent, people would be losing their minds. See if we can piss everyone off. Do you understand yeah, what right? I'm saying though? Uh, yeah, like, like, hey, I like oh, the I meatballs. This is great. You <laughs> could do those accents and if you did any other accent, it would be bad news. Yeah. You can't stereotype people, but it's easy to stereotype, you know, dads, stepdad, part-time dad. It's easy to do that. Like, there's still certain groups in this country that you could still take a big crap on. And, again, this is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like the Democrats don't really see it like that. Like, like, like they're worried about their groups. So what could and she, they're not worried about the other right. groups. What could she have said to have made her point better if she had referred to, like, deadbeat dads specifically? Would that still fit? Or just you just <laughs> it, would have would have gone a totally different direction? It would still be a little touchy, I think, but it would just the term deadbeat itself would have just implied that, you know, there are groups of dads that aren't so great and not just lumped all these guys that have ever been divorced and have kids into this group of people that can't handle it. I'm thinking maybe Joe wouldn't have been upset because he's like, I'm not a deadbeat. She's not talking about me. Um. I listen. I don't take offense anytime somebody generalizes about a group that I'm included in because you're woke. Because I'm very woke, Super. and I know they don't mean me. Right. Right. Um, right. So no, I just don't. I mean, but I understood, and I recognize a stupid comment. We talked about uh, Elon Omar last week. Again, if you take what she said out of context, that's not what she was saying. She wasn't dismissing 9/11. What Michelle Obama said about stepdads—I mean, not stepdads, but like divorced dads, part-time dads was rude on every level like there's there was no misinterpreting what she said you, you know you don't need extra context and listen it's hard when you're in a divorce situation understand that it's 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 not fun for your kids to go back and forth between two houses and you're trying to parent and coexist with a person who you couldn't stay married to because you don't get along you're not compatible but you're trying to raise a kid together it's tough and then you, maybe you both start new relationships, and that causes a whole new world of problems. So you don't need the former first lady kind of kicking you in the teeth. And it's and it's not easy easy for anybody in those situations. It could happen on either side. There, I'm sure there are probably divorced moms that don't do so great on their end. When you think about it, people and aren't like, crushing the divorced we moms. Don't, though. We don't. We oh, don't, I know one. We don't. We don't. Uh, we don't generalize the divorced mom group that just can't hack it. It's always got to be the dads. If you're gonna if you're gonna be the party that says to be inclusive and, and to not and to not be rude to anybody, then that's gotta be that's gotta be everybody. And there can't be any exceptions. Michelle Obama should have just apologized. Poor choice of words. I was taking a cheap shot at Donald Trump. I didn't mean to insult, you know, ninety five million men. Maybe that would have been a better way to go about this. Is sure. all I'm saying. Fair I enough. like Michelle Obama. Uh, Michelle Obama, I think in in all the years now, she's been a relevant person on the national scene. I think this is the first time she said something stupid. So I'm willing to forgive it. And the sort of like, again, I wasn't overly offended by it. I understood the outrage. I don't think this was fake outrage. Again, I think this is just Democrats being hypocrites. So you're not looking to shut down the school lunch program. 
I still think the school lunch program and it's good probably food a worthwhile initiative. is probably a good idea. That's fair. That's good. Uh, no matter what you think. Glad you're her. able to separate yourself. <laughs> you have to be able to. So we are going to take a look, obviously, at some issues here in Connecticut, being that it's Easter Sunday. We decided not to make anybody come in uh, <laughs> for a guest appearance, so we will have somebody back here next week. I almost had uh, somebody... We'll, we'll get to the Stop and Shop update in a minute. But we should definitely talk about guests who aren't here. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> enough about that. Uh, you know, there have been outbreaks of measles in several communities around the country. It's uh, just a matter of time before something happens here in Connecticut. House Majority Leader Matt Ritter uh, has decided to uh, propose a vote to get rid of Connecticut's religious exemption for vaccines. Now, uh, at the end of March, Ritter wrote to our Attorney General, William Tong, to ask for a formal legal opinion regarding the constitutionality of eliminating the religious exemptions for required immunizations. Currently, preschool and school-aged children can present a statement saying they're not immunized because it would be contrary to the religious beliefs of such a child or the parents or guardian of such child. Because um, the kids can obviously decide, uh, you know, what goes against their religion sure, as sure. far as getting vaccinated. Yeah, you know, look, I, there's a really fine line here when 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 you're talking about the greater good. My my kids can't bring peanut butter to school. My kids love peanut butter. I get that there's kids who could die from peanut butter. I'm not sending in peanut butter. Yeah, just not gonna do it. I'm not going to complain, well, it's not fair to my kids. We always ate peanut butter growing up. Right. Everyone you know, was fine. Yeah. I, I, I disagree with that greatly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I understand some people are against vaccination. Well, then I guess homeschool your kid. Because there's no reason why your kid, because you have some antiquated ideas about things, that that, that should put anybody else at risk. And that is ultimately what it does. Homeschool your kid or find that religious school that you're so... Where everybody just vaccine, got the measles. So you can all get measles and <laughs> be good. Well, but the argument is... Wait, is that school at the hospital ward? <laughs> is it just in the wing, in intensive care, you're just homeschooling all the measled kids? It's at the church, but... so <laughs> It's the basement. No, but but so the argument, the argument against it, against the religious exemption, is you're denying children of their rights to an education and public public service you're denying them to uh, otherwise what's available to to everybody they also say that it's such a small percentage that of of people who file for this religious exemption that it doesn't affect like the herd so to speak i mean i'm 100 percent vaccination 100 percent. i don't even think it's up for debate i think well, it's, it is up it, for debate it here shouldn't in Connecticut. Be. It shouldn't 41 be. Republicans and three Democrats who support the religious exemption also wrote to Attorney General Tong outlining why under federal and state law they believe it would be both unnecessary and illegal to eliminate the religious exemption. They say Connecticut has one of the highest vaccination rates in the country, 98.2%. The average is 75 to 86%. So Connecticut so let's not not let's not vaccinate our kids because uh, there's a what a, a 15 yes. 15 20 percent chance that uh, they'll be correct be fine. because our rate is so high if we let a few in we should right. be all right, right. i mean On that the grounds is of that is just outrageously ridiculous and we talked about the republicans last week and and again just 
some of the stupid things that they come out with that sort of defy all logic. Again, you're talking to a guy who who's been given that money, a party that party money for many many years. I've been a Republican for most of my life, and the more they come out with stupid ideas or support stupid notions, I understand religious freedom. I'm all for it, but the measles. Like, people are dying from that stuff. Come on. Well, you guys are both dads. I mean, how would, how do you feel sending your kid, you just send him to a house with somebody who's not vaccinated? No. Like, we, we do this with our old family. Like, oh, if someone's got a cold, then maybe we all shouldn't go to the same place and gather for this this activity. You know? Like, oh, your, your kids had the flu for a few days. Maybe we should uh, skip this week's activity, and we'll do it next week when everyone's feeling healthy. Like, I wouldn't want my kid to go to school like that. I'll use sniffles as a reason not to go. But that's just because I don't want to go. That's fair. But I think you get it. I, well, yeah, no, I understand. I just I think the whole argument against vaccinations is absurd. And people say, oh, well, the science is still coming. No, the science is in. Vaccinations work. Yes, the they science work. has been settled. Right. There, there's not good people on both sides presenting facts. There's one side presenting facts and science, and there's another side. Presenting fear. Yes. Yeah. Don't fall for the fear. Uh, stop and shop that that strike uh, is is really still going uh, and, and I don't know about you guys it just so happens I live within driving distance of two stop and shops in either direction so pretty much every time I leave my house I see these people on the side of the road it's been raining most of the day and they're out there with umbrellas yeah I pass a few in my travels during the day and I've seen people standing out I know you've barely been eating this past week it's been tough I'm very, I'm very loyal to Stop and Shop. You look famished. I'm very, very hungry. And I'm really hoping this thing closes down because I really thought it would be a short strike and I can get right back to business. It's good for other grocery stores. I went to ShopRite and that place was packed. And it was a Thursday afternoon. It was me. And then the average age was like 70. I had a conversation <laughs> with somebody the other night talking about this strike. And he's very much against it. And he was like... These people get their raises. All the prices are going to go up. And I was like, I don't think you understand what Stop and Shop is. Stop and Shop is sort of like ShopRite. It's kind of a discounted grocery store. It's the Walmart of retail. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Target, you know, Target's a little more pricey. Right. And, you know, Walmart's cheaper. You go to Stop and Shop to do your big grocery shopping. Right. What, like... I go to Highland Park for their. Uh, oh, their right food on! Stuff. There's yeah. there's many places to go where you could spend a pretty. Du- so Stu Leonard, if you want to spend the good money on groceries, go to your local shop. You know if, it's going to be a little more. If Stop and Shop jacked all their prices to Big Y level, nobody would go there. Big Y's non-union, right? But nobody would go there. That's what's. And I was trying to explain to my my buddies like I'm not paying four fifty for milk, and I was like, well, if they start charging four fifty for milk. They're going to stop selling right. milk because people are just going to pass on it. Right. You can get I'd milk go to a other gas places. station and get it for three bucks. Gas station milk? Gas station yeah. milk be skeptical. is unbelievably cheap. I am not past it. Meanwhile, we got to get into the stop and shop story because somebody crossed the picket line. And he up in, in Northampton, Mass, yep. in one of those stores, and he caught some flack for it. And they called him a scab. He's very offended by that. That hurt his feelings. Apparently, he doesn't understand. Don't cross a picket line. When you cross you won't a, be a picket scab. line, you're a scab. I mean, that's just how it works. Well, we we put together a really interesting video package last week where we spoke to some people from Stop and Shop in the picket lines. And, and uh, 
our videographer got some dirty looks when he was in Stop and Shop shooting video of empty shelves and empty empty deli shelves and stuff. And it's uh, check it out. It's on our Facebook page. This guy basically claims the union threatened that when they go back to work, he's getting fired. He's now been in contact with the National Right to Work Foundation. And if I say the National Work Foundation and you're very excited about that, I want you to understand something. There is uh, a reason we work 40-hour weeks and five days a week and eight-hour shifts, and it's because of unions. And the National Right to Work Foundation would like to make sure that salaries are low, benefits are meager, and you should just be happy to have a job. I might be summarizing their mission statement up just a little bit, <laughs> perhaps unfairly somewhat, but just the that's basically the gist of what you're getting from these people. This is not a good thing. Well, if we start a Divided We Stand book club, I think the first one should be The Jungle. Check it out. <laughs> You'll learn all about unions. <laughs> now, uh... The legislature here in Connecticut uh, are trying to push a tax on sweetened beverages. Again, this this state is in need of, of money because they want to spend more of it. Governor Ned Lamont's budget proposed a 1.5 per ounce tax on sweetened beverages. That amounts to about 18 cents on a 12-ounce can, uh, 2.16 on a 12-pack of soda, or $1.92 on a gallon of jug of iced tea. Okay. The idea is to change people's behavior. And I, I got to be honest, when, when I hear the government say things like that, it makes me angry. This is where the libertarian <laughs> in me comes into play. If I'm going to be you like, need the government to tell you, if I'm going to be pro-choice, I, I have to put my foot down here and I have to say the government doesn't need to worry about my behavior. I'll drink what I want to drink. How much Kool-Aid's at your house right now, Joe? That's good. That's good. More of a tang. I've been guy? drinking a lot of it. A lot of tang. If that's what you're wondering. <laughs> Lamont's budget estimates the tax of bringing $163.1 million in 2021. That's the first year it would be implemented. Uh, now, in the past, lawmakers have debated a one cent per ounce excise tax on sugary drinks. Uh, and like past proposals, it would not apply to milk or to 100% pure juice. Ooh, which, oh, that's a tough one. Contrary to popular belief, also has sugar in it. Natural sugar. Yes. Which is also not good for you. Right. Since 2008, though, 55 proposals to tax sugary drinks have been defeated all across the United States of America. That's not the government's job. Not at all. It is The government doesn't need to make me decide anything in my life ever on any level. Not federal, not state. Not local. I will never, ever, ever stand for that. The way the Constitution was written, any right not explicitly written is the right of the citizen. And there's a reason why we have these sorts of things and then lawsuits to follow so that we don't have our liberties taken away from us. Right after the Stamp Act, they're like, no more sugar. Damn straight. This is one of those things that every single person on both sides of the aisle, should get behind. It's just a cash grab. That's all it is. It's just a cash grab. Yes. If they cared about changing behavior, maybe you'd try and educate people on it. Yeah, go a little farther it, than it, just It's just a cash them. grab. You could also make these companies not put garbage in the drinks. Yeah. You could do that. You could you could force corporations to spend more money to make to put out safer and better products for people, but you'll never do that. It's so much easier to just keep squeezing the middle class. Well, you can hear people say, too, they 
they did this with cigarettes because cigarettes were so bad. But they also educated. You can't turn on the TV, especially like in an hour where your kids are watching TV, and you not see one of those commercials for truth or sure. something about against tobacco. They're not going to do that with soda. They just want the tax for the money. They'll have Joe they're Camel not have, drinking a Coca-Cola. Yeah, they're not going to have a commercial of some kid like, oh, God, I shouldn't have drank that Coke. It's so bad for me. Oh, man, I'm really feeling this in my waistline. Worst ad campaign ever. Is it, though? <laughs> it's, that wouldn't be a good ad campaign. I feel like it would work for me. Hashtag sugary drinks. I'll tell you a funny story real quick. I used to drink Gatorade like it would, like, uh, you you would have thought I was on an, uh, like an NBA team, how much I was drinking. <laughs> used to? And uh, I've cooled it down from where I used to. I used to drink two big ones a day. Okay. And I thought, I need electrolytes. This is restoring them. This is great. On a side note, what do you think of G2? I don't like it. It's <laughs> terrible. It's not good. It's watered down. I like the sugary drinks. Right. Like you see Coke. what I'm saying? All right. But I put on a couple of pounds, and my wife looked at me, and she goes, well, what have you been doing? I'm like, I don't know. I had been eating pretty healthy at that point. Staying hydrated, of course. And I mentioned that, and she goes, you're drinking two Gatorades a day. I go, yeah, it's healthy, like LeBron James drinks. <laughs> He's a great My thing. electrolytes are off the charts. I did. I'm I doing said, great. LeBron James drinks them, and she goes, he plays basketball like five <laughs> nights a week. He's running around for 48 minutes. You're drinking a Gatorade, and you're lying on the couch. Well, it's Different. slowly changing behavior, <laughs> I think is what's important. <laughs> So you play plenty of baseball at night. I de- I definitely do video games. Yeah, as a <laughs> but still as a, takes massive, a lot out of you. as a massive soda drinker, I I'm well aware of how awful it is, and I've kind of just kind of like what you're saying. The libertarian inside of me is like, I know this. When I want to stop this, I will stop this on my own. You don't need to charge me more for it. I know I'm already punishing myself enough. I, just, I get it. I just had my yearly physical, and my doctor told me I got I to gotta drop a couple pounds. I got it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because she warned me. That's why you've cut back on Gatorade. That's why I've cut back on the Gatorade. It's as simple so as that. You don't need to be taxed on Gatorade. I don't need you to tax me to make me stop doing it. When my doctor tells me, Joe, come on, stop, that's when I stop something. See, my doctor told me I need to be more active. And I'm like, well, I'm in a bowling league. And she's like, oh, well, that's active. I'm like, great. I'm in great bowling shape. This is a really <laughs> this is a really good start here. My scale told me I was almost 300 pounds. So I said, all right, we need to do something about this. <laughs> start bowling. It works. There you go. <laughs> Got Do- really good feedback. Doctor approved. Man, I wish it was bowling. I did 5Ks and 10Ks. <laughs> now, in the middle of the night this past Tuesday... You may you may have heard about this group, the United Constitutional Patriots. They're an armed civilian group patrolling the U.S.-Mexico border. They've now detained more than 300 migrants who illegally crossed the border. <laughs> that's terrifying. That is pretty yes, scary. Yes, it is. Even as a white man, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine what it'd be like otherwise. This group claims uh, they're at the border to, quote, uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. But some are good people. Oh, boy. Uh, Sounds like a racist version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. (laughs) These guys guys are saying that it's an invasion at the border. It's never-ending. They got to do something about it. Meanwhile... Officer Leatherface... The American Civil Liberties Union of New Mexico is calling this group unlawful. 
I'll I'll tell you something. I I. I Growing up in the '80s, there were a lot of like vigilante movies. Charles Bronson, oh yeah, was uh, was in some great movies like that. I always dug those kind of films. Yeah. The vigilante, the guy that goes out there, takes care of business. Maybe you're a Batman fan. He's another vigilante crime sure. hunter. He's not the hero we want, but the hero we need. <laughs> I have a problem with a bunch of dudes with guns deciding they're going to enforce the. The border, iffy, the <laughs> iffy laws. It'd be like if I went outside and be like, "Hey, I'm Border Patrol now." Yes, yeah, pretty much. You're you, welcome. You can't do that. It is, you have no authority. That's you're right. like, you're like arresting people, and you're not. You are a self declared group. Yeah, doesn't work that way. I mean, the fact that they have guns <laughs> does, is is terrifying. If they didn't have guns and be like, "Hey, you're arrested," be like. <laughs> The no, fact not. that they have guns and they think it's their right to do that is, to me, the scary part. Yeah. Because if they think they have a right to be out there doing that, then I certainly believe they think they have the right to just start blasting people. And this is where things get a little Sounds dicey. like they might already think they have the right to do <laughs> yeah. that. That's right. I'm trying to give this group the benefit of the doubt. Because I'll be honest, I'm scared of them. It's not good. I just don't know what else to say here. It's that's They're not patrolling the Canadian border, though. Weird. I mean, it's weird. The Montana faction is not. People, you know what? It's just on Indian reservations. You know, people say all the time they're like, "Yeah, but nobody's crossing over from the Canadian border." Uh might want to check your facts on that. Uh, it is definitely a a very uh, crossable border, and uh, there's a lot of people that do it. He means not sled dogs or Eskimos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nailed it. Here's another Republican saying something outrageously stupid and insensitive and literally offending an entire segment of the population. A Washington state senator criticized nurses. They've got this bill about uh, uh, mandatory breaks for nurses. They're trying to figure out how to limit the time uh, of a shift and how much it's that doesn't even matter. That part of making sure nurses are working. When they're supposed to be working. Well, sure. Maureen Walsh uh, argued that this for this amendment, it would exclude small hospitals uh, and require nurses to have a certain amount of breaks. But what Walsh said was, those nurses probably do get breaks. They probably play cards for a considerable amount of the day. Nurses do a lot at hospitals. One would argue, if you've been in a hospital and seen them in action, that nurses do more than doctors. You could you could argue. I mean, the fact that there's an argument Ask to be any made nurse. Is, is what it is. Ask right. any nurse. Well, right. yeah, right. sure. There's an argument to be made there. Whether right. whether they do or they don't, it's awfully close. Doctor says, "Yep, you're right. You'll see doctors. will always have nurses. You don't always see nurses with doctors." True. Ah, uh-huh. you just blew my mind right there. there thank you. Right. Uh, again, what a stupid thing to say that that nurses are. I know some nurses. They work 12-hour shifts. They're generally really tired. How are they as far as shuffling? Pretty good? <laughs> <laughs> More of a blackjack kind of game? I'm sure there's hospitals out there somewhere, maybe up there even in Washington State, where maybe they're not that busy. Maybe there's time for a couple rounds of gin rummy. Maybe that's a thing. But to decide you're going to... Again, this is just... This is a Republican... Making up facts 
in order to propose a bill that helps the hospitals. Doesn't help the nurses. It doesn't help the patients. It helps the hospital. Making up facts. Alternative facts. Alternative facts. Making up facts. There you go. Making up data. The Washington State Nurses Association called Walsh's comments incredibly disrespectful and patronizing. I think it's even worse than that. I hate to see people in power. Again, I, I could go all day on my issues with President Trump when they're just out there saying stuff. And it's not verified by any fact. Or as you put it before, Brian, using fear as your tactic to get your way. It's not fair to your constituents. You're being intellectually dishonest with, in many cases, people who are not very intellectual. I'm telling you, the the idea that the Republican Party now basically deals with everything without using any factual information, just, just consistently making things up or or suggesting that certain things imply other things it's 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 almost hard to believe that there could be another party losing to that group and there is and that's the worst part of all of this that feels like a good spot to end yeah (laughs) it, it probably does uh i'll leave you with one final thought uh in the latest polling the president's approval ratings are down another three percent coming off of the Mueller report, which means about 3% of the population, 3% of people who were supporting the president before saw this whole thing and were like, oh, yeah, I'm out. It also means 37% of the people were like, I don't really care. I just really don't care. And then Rasmussen's just like, we love it. <laughs> it's all great. <laughs> I think it also means the Democrats have some serious work to do to get those people to believe them. Or to at least get behind them, or Trump's just going to get elected again, and those people are going to go jump right back. Or it means they never had a chance for those people to ever vote Democrat. Ever. Quick, quick update on the 2020 hopefuls. Uh, Beto sucks. Bernie's a billionaire. Joe Biden's going to actually announce this week, probably while rubbing someone the wrong way. I heard Wednesday. Yeah, so that's coming. It, it, it's been... Not a great couple weeks for the Democrats. <laughs> the idea that the big move of the week is going to be Joe Biden officially jumping into the race is only going to stir up more trouble. And let me just put something to rest about Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was a regular guy. Then he wrote a book and he got millions of dollars for it. And then he bought a lake house and he's got a lot of money left over in the bank. He is not part of the problem. I you credit Bernie Sanders for going on Fox News, and, and he had a great town hall. It was well-received by people who aren't predisposed to being Bernie fans. Why do you say uh, Beto sucks? Um, Because Beto O'Rourke is a guy who I believe is out of touch with reality. And the more you learn about the guy and his family, and you know, this is a guy who just decided to take a few months off to clear his head. Don't we all wish we could take a few months off to clear our head? <sighs> this is how this guy decided uh, whether or not to grace us with a run for president. Was to just take a couple months off. See, my my issues with Beto are, I think he's he's too idealistic um, and just doesn't really have a plan. Like he out he 
generate so many more campaign dollars than Ted Cruz and still lost. And people are like, oh, well, but he, he barely lost. He still lost. He doesn't want to run negative campaign ads, and that's fine. But that's not going to win. When it's close, you need to go negative. Like, get out of your, your rose-colored glasses. I disagree. You know, I think the – and I think Eric, you'll agree with me here that the Democrats have put this high road they've been taking. You can't really go back from the high road. The problem with them always wanting to take the high road is if they have so many different – and our friend Jason, he always says this. They have so many different ideologies inside the Democratic Party that – when they go negative in one direction to try to go after somebody to do something, they lose other people. They need to figure out one message that's going to help them all. And right now they they don't have it because they have the Democratic Socialists and they have these moderate Democrats that want to see someone who's leaning towards the middle. And that's not even just on the national level. Like Russ Morin last week, he said that it's like herding cats sometimes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the way it is. Do you think, do you think Mayor Pete uh, Buttigieg – you think his kind of rise in popularity is that pulling some away from Beto being like, oh, the young guy on the scene, you know, the, the fresh face. Do you think that is helping or hurting Beto? Um, I'm sure that that's stealing from the same demographic within the party. So, yeah, that's not helping. That's not helping at all. I think if you look at the Republicans uh, who ran in, in 2016, I think there were too many of the same sort of Republicans running and it made it, they were always constantly splitting the vote and Trump was just this, his own animal and was able at some point to start rising in, 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 in the ratings. And it was only because, you know, you had two tea party senators in, in Cruz and in Rubio, same guy. It's kind of like in half baked. Still waiting on that heifer, Julio. F you, F you, F you, F you, you're cool, F you, and that's Donald Trump rising to power in the Republican Party. That's pretty much how it went. I remember in in that election, I I started with Carly Fiorina. I I swung to George Bush for a little, uh, Jeb Bush rather for a little bit. I was all over the place with that. You're a big fan of losers. Apparently so. <laughs> That's why the president doesn't like me. How's your Oz Griebel vote working out? Uh, oh, shots. Man. Fair enough. I think we'll end it on that note. Happy <laughs> Easter to you as well. Oh, happy Passover. That's right, my Jewish friend. <laughs> Make sure you check us out at Divided We Stand. Nope, we're not on that. So we just do the outro again. Okay. For Eric Farron and Brian Forster, I'm Joe Aguirre. Thanks for listening to this week's Divided We Stand. Make sure you check us out at clovercrestmedia.com backslash Divided We Stand. You can also check out our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter at DWS News Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you on Facebook.